0: gonna talk about this amazing stone that you may have never even heard of, but you need to hear about it because this is huge. Okay. It's basically the coronation stone. And it's called the um even I heard um uh Yahweh's stone. It's in other words God's stone and it's it's been passed down from generation to generation. Actually England looked at all their wealth and all the things that they that they have acquired and they have possession of, and they said this was their number one possession, number one, and it's just a block of stone, so let's find out what's the story about this, okay, I know this is a kid's video, but um, all right, so this is Jacob and his mom, okay, so Jacob's brother was Esau, Esau was a bad dude, Jacob wants the blessing of God, he wants the blessing that had come from his grandfather and his father to flow through him, and so Esau's ticked off because he got the blessing, when and Esau believed it deserved. He deserved it. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but the bottom line: Esau got everything he wanted. He got cattle and sheep and all the rest of it. He got all the stuff. The stuff, but Jacob. Wanted the blessing of God. Okay, so in this little story, you know he's leaving because Esau is going to destroy him. He's going to kill him, and so he's got to leave. And he's gone from his family for years and years and years. But even Abraham in the book of Joshua it says that he wants uh, Jacob to receive the blessing. Okay, even though he was the younger, and he did receive it. So interesting that happens actually a lot of times. All right, so I'm just going to show you just a little bit about what's happened in this story. This is the story of Jacob's Ladder, if you haven't heard that.
1: Rebecca waved to Jacob, tears streaming down her cheeks. Jacob traveled for several days, walking during the day and sleeping by the roadside at night. One day, he was feeling very tired and decided to rest for some time. This looks like a good place to sleep for a while. I will continue my journey after I am rested. Jacob saw a large stone nearby, on which he lay his head and fell asleep. And what a dream he had! He saw a very, very long stairway, which started from the ground and reached up to heaven. There were angels going up and down the stairs. And there, at the very top, was God. And then God spoke to Jacob Jacob this land shall belong to you and to your descendants take good care of it when Jacob woke up he couldn't believe that God had actually spoken to him my Lord has spoken to me my Lord has spoken to me I feel so blessed this place shall be called Bethel the house of the Lord this stone shall be the altar in this house of worship Jacob then again continued on his journey
0: okay so it didn't tell in the story that he actually poured what little oil remember I told you that a couple weeks ago if you if you saw that video Um, he poured what little oil he had onto the stone so I never really understood the significance of this until now until now i knew it was a great story and I, I probably i think in the back of my mind i thought well i might maybe missing something here okay but this stone that he's he's sleeping on it, it's basically the stone on which the lord will uh, the, the the blessings of god will ascend and descend and, and god will interact with the world through this stone and you're gonna see here how he did that now he couldn't carry it it's like 300 Pounds, 400 pounds is really big, so he couldn't carry it. But later on, when he when he had his family built up, he came back and got this thing. nobody's gonna go and get that stone because it's you know it was really gonna be hard to pick up. But he knew, and he went back there. He was going to get the stone, and uh, he carried it with them from then on. Okay, so all right, so that was his. They call it Jacob's Pillar. They also call it his pillow, right? Like pillar, pillar, and pillow. All right. So that's him sleeping on there and having this vision and that he's called it Beth-El, which is Beth is house and L is the Lord, Beth-El. So the house of the Lord. So he is, you know, this is, this is the doorway to heaven. In other words, now he's taking the stone. That is his connection to heaven, to, to the Lord. Okay now so there he is pouring the oil on the stone what little oil he had he poured on the stone and um as a as a as an anointing it and uh, as a as a blessing for the that stone that's not it's not a typical stone okay so fast forward obviously it got passed from him to his son joseph they, all this time they're in egypt now fast forward to moses and he's bringing the people out of the, the land of egypt and they need water. And here is a picture. I know I showed some of you this on the on a video uh, a few weeks ago. there's the water. Remember, I showed you the water coming out of the rock. I thought it was just in the old rock, but it was not. It was this stone. It was this De- Jacob's pillar, Jacob's pillow, the stone of destiny. The stone later on is going to be the stone of scone. All right, so. Uh, Water is not just coming out of the ground, it's coming out of this rock. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, all of them ate the same spiritual food and all of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. That was him with them, symbolically in this rock okay and when moses actually hit this rock it says that uh, the lord would stand the lord was actually standing on the rock actually let me pause it i'm going to go get that verse for you real quick before i forget well i didn't find the place where it says that but it somewhere it says that he the lord jesus stood on that rock and it was a symbol of him uh being struck when he was crucified um and that his blood poured forth for the cleansing of our sins right and so he did The water poured forth out of this rock i mean it wasn't coming out of the ground it was coming out of the rock and enough for all these people i mean it was absolutely miraculous and so um there's a there's another beautiful passage that talks about that israel this this is the rock of israel and that israel means married and um that he's this is our husband this is the one who who faithful to us and and takes care of us and and is good to us and provides for us and so it's it's not a matter of um uh, just a just any old rock and it's not coming out of the ground it's it's this is the rock that saved them through all their days in the desert um so it's just really huge so this is what it looks like now um now it didn't at the time uh well when obviously when Jacob first got it it didn't have these rings in it but they put the ring so they could carry it on a pole and you can see that it's been um uh, chafed and it's been uh, a, a, a little divot put into the middle of it that's the that's how you know the real one I'll show you one that's actually a fake here in a little bit all right so then later on the Amalekites came to fight them and um so Moses held up his robin I was telling you about this Rod, which I can't go into on this video, but how the Lord used this rod in a great way to save them uh, for years and years and years, and even I believe it's it's around even today. And um, so Moses again sits on a rock. Why are they always talking about this rock? He sits. That's the same rock that he's sitting on. Isn't that something, you guys? So he's sitting on this rock, and they're holding up his arms as long as they he holds up his they hold up. His arms, his arms get tired of the battle, uh, they they win the battle, okay, so that is so cool, and then at the end, they, let me see if I can find, okay, that's another one, but um, at the end of the battle, they put a banner, and this is the banner that they put, which is basic, basically Aleph Tov and it's uh, the letter A, and the letter T, and they, they put those there as, it's uh, symbolic for I am, the great i am and that the lord saved them it was the lord that that worked through them that yes he they're they're down there fighting but they're sitting on the stone they're holding up god's rod they recognize the lord is the only one who gives us victory in any battle in any battle so that's why we pray that's why we're here to pray all right so the next one you fast forward you go they go into um, that's probably like a thousand years whatever not quite that much but um, um A big jump in time you see solomon and look at this he sat upon the throne of yahweh We look at there that's the same stone this is the coronation stone all the kings would be crowned on sitting on this stone okay this is the throne of yahweh as king in place of david his father his david had died he'd been king for a long time I mean, he prospered and all Israel obeyed him. So there you go. So it was the first was Saul and then was David and then was Solomon. And then you go you go on down and then and, and that's when the kingdoms separate at that point. You've got Judah in the south and the 10 tribes in the north. Okay. But um, they have the stone in the southern kingdom. And so they're being um, coronated on the stone. Now you see, fast forward. They had a lot of bad kings, but now they have a good king, Joash. He's young and um, not beset with uh, so much evil that, you know, takes us over as we get older unless we really turn, you know, keep our lives close to the Lord. And so then um, they crown him, and he's actually said he's standing on the stone. Okay, so here is the story of what it actually says. In the, uh, interestingly in this reading is I'm sorry interesting in this reading is that when Joash was crowned he stood by his pillar in 2nd Chronicles 23 13 why are they always talk about this pillar it's the Jacob's pillar 2nd Kings 11:14 actually says a pillar Israel's kings according to custom 2nd Kings 11:14, were crowned in a ceremony involving a pillar this pillar was apparently a a standing stone it's interesting to note that the britain sovereigns are also crowned in a ceremony involving a pillar Hmm. you see where i'm going with this jacob stone the hebrew in these passages is even more interesting for it literally says the king stood upon his pillar he stood upon his pillar britain's monarchs are also crowned upon a pillar stone sitting upon it so We'll talk about that here more in just a little bit, but yeah. So that is, and here it is in Second Kings. This is actually um, a Hebrew version. Let me see if I can find out the name of this version, in case you want to go to BibleGateway.com and see this Melikem, uh, whatever uh, Orthodox Jewish Bible. Okay, OJB. All right. So verse fourteen of Second Kings, chapter eleven. It says, and when she looked, this is his grandmother. Uh, because she didn't know where he was, she thought that he was they, that he she killed all of her grandchildren. What a creep, right? And when she looked, um, Hamalek stood at Ham Hamud, the pillar, according to Mishpat, and the ceremony, the trumpets beside Hamalek. So, in other words, he's being crowned the king by the pillar. And she know. And, and what's so cool is that when it's the rightful. Heir to the throne. When it's the blessed heir, it water doesn't pour forth. It actually makes a sound. It it says that person's name. How cool is that? How cool is that? All right. So then, in in uh, this other version, the, the OJB version, no, no no WYC version, and she saw the king standing on the throne. He was standing on the throne. This is one of the versions. It it interprets it correctly. She was he was standing on the throne look at that. so that's what they would do now fast forward to now we've had good king and bad king bad king bad king like i would say the other day and now they've had so many bad ones it's it's too late it's too late and they're gonna have to be punished because this is just so bad and um so this is picture of jeremiah this is what you always think of and he would uh, the lord would have him do like little skits for the people and at one point he said don't get just put on your have on your undergarments and show the people that this is when you're going to be you're going to be stripped bare you're going to have nothing and you're going to be hauled off to, to babylon as slaves and so he was he's also called the weeping prophet he wrote the book of lamentations because he was just lamenting over jerusalem the people would not listen and do what he told them to do um here's a, also a video uh, Jeremiah. Now, he, Patrick Dempsey looks much more handsome than what you think of as Jeremiah. But it was—it's really a, a good movie. So I would encourage you to, write, uh, to watch that movie of by Patrick Dempsey of Jeremiah. I think you would—it uh, would help you to see more about him. But yeah, just like Jeremiah said, they would be taken captive into Babylon. So you see, Jerusalem is burning. Nebuchadnezzar's come and he's hauling all these people away. Some people were left, but. Um, you know just a just a remnant was left and now what's you know as, as you many of you have seen my video on the ark of the covenant that he hid underneath uh in the caves underneath the temple and actually um, up the hill a little bit and that turned out to be right under where our lord jesus was crucified and uh that the blood uh, his blood poured out and ended up on the Ark of the Covenant. But the earthquake shook and, the, and the opened and the, the blood went down and still no one knew until like 50 years ago when Ron Wyatt found the Ark of the Covenant that Jeremiah hid at this time, okay? So I know I'm going very quickly, but um, so now they also hid. Okay, let me tell you what happened next. When, they, when they, and they're leaving, Zedekiah was the king and he would not... Do what Jeremiah said. He said you're going to be killed if you don't. If you will just go ahead and turn yourself in to Nebuchadnezzar, you will live. He will he will not kill you, but you know, you've got to do it now. But he didn't. Zedekiah did not. And so the next thing that happened. This is sad, but yeah, this is Zedekiah right here. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar is taking and killing his sons right before his very eyes, and then they actually gouge out Zedekiah's eyes, gouge his eyes out, and so that's the last thing he ever sees is his sons being killed. Thankfully, Jeremiah has hidden away Zedekiah's two daughters. Now, Nebuchadnezzar never would have thought that his daughters could become Queens and in, in in the place of the sons, but they can, according to God's word, they can. If there's not a a, a male heir, uh, then the, then the females can take over. That's from that's from back in the time of Judah, um, uh, due to the man. Okay, not the county or the, the the district. All right, so that's what's happening now. They've left. Zedekiah actually lives, but he uh, ends up being hauled to Babylon. His sons are dead, but now. Um, uh, his two daughters, Tia Teffy, are uh, uh, and and um, Scota, Stru, um, are alive. But we'll talk about that here in a minute. So this is what's happening. They're being taken into captivity now if you look at judah down here the southern tribe the two tribes in the south they've been taken off into babylon okay that's where nebuchadnezzar was that's where the story of daniel took place and he was miraculously turned that society around uh because he and that's what we need to do is turn our society around just like daniel did and the in the story of esther and, and the, you know the three hebrew children going into the fiery furnace that happened there and because of their faith and god showed up then they began to realize hey there these people have the true and living god okay and at the end uh the king told everyone they had to worship the god of of, um, of daniel which is so cool so but yeah so by, at this point it's not necessarily that happy uh they're being hauled away into babylon and with this the clothes on their backs. now you've got The northern tribes, a couple of hundred years before, because this is like 580 uh, B.C. before Christ, that the the Judah went off into captivity, that the northern tribes went in like 780 B.C., so a couple of hundred years before. I'm sniffling. Anyway, so they are uh, all throughout this area. Now notice here, the Caspian Sea and the Black Sea. So they're basically down here in... Between these two seas, and what the Assyrians do is they use them as a buffer zone. They use the the, uh, the these ten tribes of Israel to say, "You guys, you know, be right there, so that you know we will. If the, if the marauding bandits come, they will get you first, and we'll be safe. At least we'll hear about it before you, you know, we get hurt." So that's what was happening. When they were taking off in, taken off into Assyria. Okay. Um, so I've got, I want to tell you first about what happened with the daughters. Okay. The daughters of, um, of, uh, of Zedekiah. So this is in Jeremiah 43 3. But Baruch, the son of Neriah, setteth thee on against us to deliver, of course, to deliver us into the hand of the Chaldeans that they might put us to death and carry us away captives into Babylon. Okay. Let me back up. Jeremiah told them. You need to stay in Judah. The Lord has said, Stay in Judah and you'll be safe. And they're like, No, no, we've got to get out of here. We've got to go to Egypt. He says, This is what the Lord says. He told me to tell you. (laughs) He told me to tell you this. And you've got to listen and do what He says. And they they wouldn't believe, even though they just been through this and He had said, This is what's going to happen. And exactly it happened they still won't believe what Jeremiah said. So, you know, it's not human reasoning. It's really the spirit of God. We, we are shut up to the spirit of God to reveal truth to us and to help us to to discern what's the right way to go. So let's just keep praying Lord, speak to us so that we know the right decisions, the right thing to do in the battle uh, that we're fighting of Armageddon. So they, um, so he'd say, no, no. So Johanan, the son of Korea, and all the captains of the forces and all the people obeyed not the voice of the Lord to, do, to dwell in the land of Judah. To stay right there. Stay put. No, we're not going to do it. But Johanan and the son, the son of Korea and all the captains of the forces took all the remnant of Judah that were returned from all the nations, whether wherever, wherever they had been driven, to dwell in the land of Judah, even men and women and Children and the king's daughters, Tia, Tephi, and Scota, and every person that Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had left with Gedaliah the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, and Jeremiah the prophet and Baruch the son of Neriah. They took them, everyone, and they. So they came into the land of Egypt, for they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, and they came even to Tad, Tannis, I think they call that actually Tannis, instead of Japanese, whatever it is, I think they call it Tannis. So you might, I'm going to put this link here if you want to watch this video to give you more information about King Zedekiah and his, and the daughters and what ended up happening to them. There's a really good video. Uh, I think that one's a good one. You know, you could always have to listen very uh, subjectively and really carefully uh, to see if it's what is good. You just, you know, take the meat, throw out the bones, right? So all of them were taken off in, so he said, come with us to Egypt. So, you know, Jeremiah ended up going over there, you know, because they're taking the king's daughter. He's going to stay with the king's daughters. He's going to stay with them. Okay, so that's what happened next. Let me see if I can scoot over a little bit. All right, so here is, this is Tia Tefi. All right, so a couple of years later, let me see if I can uh let's see if i can get back to the, there's so much to tell it's like how where do i even start on all this um all right here i am on JAHTruth.net, um and i'll put this link below all right so baruch jeremiah's scribe then came and told them that the coast was clear so they've been hiding underneath uh, uh the temple in these caves, okay, and so then Baruch came and said, okay, you can come out now because they're all gone, okay, um, he came and told them, the coast was clear, so Jeremiah took Tietephi and God's treasures and went first to Mizpah and then to Tanis in Egypt for safety, there they stayed in a palace that was given to Teatefi. make this a little bit bigger for you, if I can maybe not um, by pharaoh hophra after he adopted her as his own daughter the palace so you might hear that oh well he know he's the tietefe is the daughter of a of an egyptian well he adopted her okay but he she was originally zedekiah's daughter okay um the palace although now is in ruins tell Dethna is still known today as the, whatever the palace of the daughter of Judah, just as she prophesied in her book, it would be the royal party stayed at Tanis for some time until Jeremiah was warned by God that Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon was also being sent by him to invade Egypt, and that they must leave. Now it says they're taking the Ark of God. Um, I, I really, I still believe that the Ark of the, Ark of the Covenant is un, is hidden. Under where our Lord Jesus was crucified, I do believe that there were things that were in the ark that were taken, as in the the the, the manna. Because this these so, there were certain things that Ron Wyatt did not find in the uh, in the cave, and that is the the rod that budded. He didn't find the manna, a bowl of manna. Um, so certain things, I think he took a box, but I don't think it was the the, the original the, the ark of the covenant. Okay, so he did take a box of of. Uh, of of artifacts with them, as well as the stone. Okay, um, Jeremiah's group left Tannis on a moonless, cloudy night, sailing a ship for Tyre of Tyre, piloted by a Danite. Okay, like the Dan tribe of Dan. Okay, called Buki, son of Halek who was accompanied by his son Bodan, uh, first. Um, to Carthage, where they arrived three weeks later, but did not disembark at sunset. A strong hot wind blew from the desert, driving them north and tearing their sails. On the seventh day, they entered a little bay by the mouth of an unknown river that ran from east to west, where they dropped anchor. Um, all right, so this so that they ended up in in Egypt for a good while, okay. But now they've now they've left and they're going uh, to they're heading north, okay. So now and uh, let me back up another time this is the second group of royalty that is going to be in the in the um, uh, what i call the british isles okay the second group and so the first group had been actually at the first at the time of the first exodus from egypt okay so let's see what happens with her when she gets to egypt because she there are two lines from david one is called uh, Zara, and, uh, let's see, the other one is called, she's from the Ferris, Ferris, okay, so Eokid was, okay, oh, there's so much to tell you, I just, like, I don't even know what to, what to tell you, all right, so Eokid was from the Zara, The red hand, you see on their flag, they have this red hand, okay? He's from the red hand branch. And Teotephi was from the line of David of the Pharaohs, the Pharaohs branch of Judah, okay? So that's where we get the crown on the top. Their marriage union, sealed breach, caused centuries early when Judah's twin sons had been born. This marriage union, look at that, look at how the Lord worked it out, that took place at Rathnari, the fort of the kings at Tara in Royal Meath, is symbolized on the Ulster flag. The red hand is Zara, mounted upon the Star of David, under the single royal crown, symbolizing the union of the two royal lines that sprang from Judah. And this is what the Lord said: you would always have someone on the throne. This was His the, the blessing that He got, and so. You know, all these years they had someone on the throne in in Jerusalem, and they had someone on on the throne in the British Isles, and now they're married, and so that this this line is going through them. All right, I want to tell you one other quick thing that happened with the people of is the lost tribes of Israel, because I don't think I had told you this, and it's it's important while we're here. Right here, the Ten Tribe House of Israel had been slaves in Assyria since 722 BC, and therefore had learned to speak Assyrian, which is why there are Germanic words, Assyrian Germanic words, in the English and other northern European languages today. That is a very good way to recognize if, these, if this is true history. When you see people having the same words, where do they come from, right? It wasn't just someone passing by, it's because they've lived together and they've, uh, you know, uh, worked together for over a long period of time okay um so this is a really very very strong strong evidence that this is true they also lost their sabbath sign that told them who they were having changed their sabbath day from the true sabbath which is the saturday to the assyrian and babylonian sun worship religions worship of sunday so they've begun to lose their true history so these people many of these people who had moved here were israelites but and they ended up moving, I'll show you the picture, they ended up moving after they were no longer slaves, these lost tribes, the migration of the lost tribes, they ended up moving from this, in between the Caspian Sea and the Black Sea, they ended up moving over to Northern Europe, into Norway and Finland and Sweden, into Germany, and little by little moving over, you know, they're. Lost only in the sense that they don't know who they are. They don't necessarily know. Okay, so this the uh the uh, uh Jeremiah brought Tia Tefi all the way around here and now she started in Ireland. I'm gonna show you that picture. These are the regions of Ireland, the four different regions, and you can see that they still recognize that their regions are uh identified by these ancient symbols, the, the harp of David king david and the the uh the hand of uh harriman right the red hand from the zara zara tribe and tia from the pharaoh's tribe with the red cross so isn't that something so there that that is a current picture of ireland with their symbols for each of their four regions now this is the book called the missing links discovered in Assyrian tablets. This wonderful man, Raymond Kapt, um, has written this book. I ordered it. And I'm waiting for it to come in, but it's, it talks about 23,000 clay cuneiform tablets, and they've done these excavations, and there's no doubt about it, of the, the people of the lost tribes of Israel, where they went, and he explains it all in this book, so you might get that. I've heard several people say you've got to have this book, and I, but I found a video of this man speaking raymond e raymond Capt. and you could tell this man is so uh so smart and he's he has such great information so I, I really encourage you to listen just to a little bit of it and see what you what you think
2: and later a syrian report states in the second year versus hayden the king now this is about 679 bc the Gimerah, as the israelites were then called rose in rebellion under their leader twespa we don't know if Twespa was a woman or a man at this stage. They fled westward. Now the Greeks reported these same activities. They called the Gimera Kimeroi in their records. Now that name is translated into English as Chimerians. Now the branch of Israelites, now known as Chimerians, moved out of Asia Minor around and sometimes across the Black Sea, settling in the Crimea and the Carpathian regions west of the Black Sea. We find this called in 2nd Ezra, Arsirath, or mountains of Sirth. Now, later when Babylon conquered the Assyrian Empire, this is about see, 612 B.C., they then invaded that part of Media, where the Israelites, or Gimara, had that had not escaped, were still there, and settled. And that, of course, drove the Gemara out of their area. Some are moving up through the uh, Caucasus, uh, through the, what we call today the Pass of Israel. I should say, that some historians refer to that as the Pass of Israel. Others moved around the uh, east of the Caspian Sea and became known as Iskuzi, a name very easily derived from Isaac. Then these tablets that allow us to learn these things really
1: provide a very valuable archaeological clue, don't they?:
2: Yes, they do. There's another major clue to tracing the lost is tribes of Israel is found on the side of a hill in northern Persian. It's in inscribed writings about 300 feet above the base of the mountain, the hill. Now, the inscriptions were actually carved in Akkadian, Elamite, and Old Persian languages. All three told the same story. The inscriptions show that the Babylonian name Gimera was written Saka on the Persian inscription, proving that the Gimera and the Saka were the same people. Now, the Greeks called these Scythians, I should say they called the Saka, Scythians in all their records. This is the first mention of the word Scythian. It's also interesting to note that the various names of Gimera are called all have the same root, SK, as Isaac. Now, before the tribes went into exile, they called themselves the House of Isaac. You can find this in the Bible in Amos 4, verses 7 and 16, I believe. Archaeology has not only identified the Scythians as members of the lost tribes of Israel, but for the first time provided us with realistic, lifelike pictures of what the ancient Hebrews People look like. Now, unlike the stylized uh, pictures we see that the Egyptians made and formalized or stylized stone carvings uh, made by the Babylonians and Persians, excavated from Scythian tombs north of the Caucasus are found skillfully made gold work showing the everyday life of the Scythians. Here, are two Scythian horsemen are astride their horses. Two Scythians here are fighting back to back using bows and arrows. Now this reminds us of the little tribe of Benjamin that had, according to the Bible, 280,000 men of valor that bore shields and drew the bow. Now to continue tracing the Israelites, under pressure from the Medes and the Persians, the Scythians, now this is the eastern branch of the Israelites, they migrated north of the Black Sea, coming into collision with the Chimerians. Now the Chimerians, I consider them the western branch of the Israelites. These people had settled in the Carpathian regions. Now, the kinship lost during the passing centuries, ensuing battles ended with the Chimerians being pushed out of the area, and they moved, moved westward. The Chimerians then broke into two major groups, the larger part migrating up the Danube River Valley, arriving at its source in South Germany between 600 and 100 B.C. Now, Roman historians, they call these people Celts. This is the first mention now, the word Celt. A small group moved into the sparsely inhabited regions of the Baltic, where the Romans called them by the abbreviated name of Kimbrai. Now, between the 4th and 1st centuries BC, the Sarmatians, now these are a mixed non Israelitish people, we believe partly Iranian, were pushing westward. They finally moved into the area of the then prosperous Scythian nation. Continued warfare then drove the Scythians out of their land, as they had done the Cimmerians. And the majority northward toward the Baltic areas. Now, by the end of the second century BC, we find only two small pockets of Scythians left on the shores of the Black Sea. Now, the Scythians, in turn, pushed the Cimbri westward to Jutland and the coasts of Holland. Now, during this period of time, the Celts were expanding in all directions, many of them pouring into Britain to form the bedrock of the British race. About uh, 3,000 BC, uh, some of the Celts invaded Italy and sacked Rome. Others migrated back into Asia Minor, but but they were called Galatians by the Greeks. We now know that Paul's letters to the Galatians were to his kinsmen Israelites, that is, descendants of the earlier Galatians, although called Gentiles by the modern Bible translators. You know, that really helps to clear up to a degree or major degree, this term Gentile.
1: A lot of people have a lot of problems with it, uh-huh. but the word itself is ethnos, and it means nations. That's right. And what you're talking about here are nations, and of course, God told Abraham see, he was going to form a multitude of nations.
2: Those nations would definitely be Israelites. Now, as the Sarmatians occupied Scythia in South Russia, there was a tendency to confuse them with the Sarmatians, because people are usually identified by the name of the land they live in. Now, the Romans, they solved the problem. They introduced the word Germans for Scythians. Now the word uh, genuine or genuis, genuine I should say, is Germanus or Germani. That's the Latin word for genuine. So in all the Roman records, except for a few outland areas, they dropped the name Scythian in all the Roman records. They applied the word Sarmatians or Germans. Now from that, I guess you get get the picture. Oh,
1: it's fascinating, yes.
2: Now don't think for a minute we're talking about the German nation today. Right. The uh, Cimbri were eventually driven out of Northwest Europe. One group migrated to Italy, were nearly all wiped out by the Romans. One group made their way back into Spain to be known as Ibrius. Ibrius is the Gaelic name for Hebrews. And eventually many of those migrated into uh, the Ireland as Scots. They named the island Hibernia, that early name for Ireland, a name that still exists. One group crossed the English Channel into Northern Britain to form the, I should say, form the roots of the nation of the Picts. Now during the succeeding centuries, the Scythian Germanic peoples broke into many divisions, possibly in some instances into their original Israel tribal families, like the Angles, Saxons, Jutes, Danes, and Vikings to name just a few. Now between 450 and 600 A.D., some of the Angles and Saxons moved into Britain as Anglo-Saxons. The Celtic Scots, for the most part, moved into Northern Britain and established the nation of Scotland. Although some settled in Northern Wales, the Isles of Man, the Scilly Islands. Now, many Germanic tribes poured into the land south. That is, after the Celts began to move out and vacate the land, These Germanic tribes established the Gothic nations, the Vandals, Lombards, Franks, Burgundians, Viscos, Ostrogoths. These Scythian Germanic people, or tribes, formed the modern German, Swiss, French, Italian, Spanish, and Portuguese nations of the day. Although there has been, over the centuries, an infusion of non-Israel blood in these nations. The northern Scythian Israelites that had settled in Scandinavia, we read of them in history raiding and establishing colonies in Western Europe, Britain, and Ireland. One group settled in France became known as Normans, who later forced their way into England under William the Conqueror in 1066. What happened to the lost tribes of Israel? You now know the answer. They were never really lost. They only lost their identity as they migrated over the centuries westward.
0: This is a book about, it's called The Book of Teffy. Um, and uh, let's see, I'll read a little bit of it. It has been over a century since he, since Goodchild first published his translation of the original Gaelic of the legend of Queen Teffi. Now, so you've got to be careful because some of the things may not be accurate. it's a legend but um so we just everything we're just piecing it all together uh it's been sung by bards of ireland for centuries in the annals and legends of ireland we find the traditions of the origins of the irish people and the ancient irish kings the rich history speaks of the early settlement of ireland by a group called the tribe of dan so these people are moving over there just like it's saying these tribes why is everything called dan dan this and dan that look at this Look at this. In Ireland today we find their customary evidence, the places of their names, such as Dan's Lau, Dan Sauer, Dan Monism, Dandrum, Dan Dalky, Dan Drum, uh, Dundrum, <laughs> Don Nagel, Don Eagle City, Don Glow, Lundun. I mean just on and on and on. Okay. So this is where these people they named their city after themselves, right? So uh, the buried in this folklore is the tale of Jeremiah the prophet princess Tefi and baruch a scribe you guys we were just talking about they landed in an island about the time the destruction of jerusalem took place bearing with them a great chest and a stone wrapped on a banner the princess married zarahite king at eokid whatever sorry whatever his name is uh or harriman you can call him the horseman right horseman of all ireland and their tro- their son was ariel this teffy was the daughter of the king of jerusalem whom jeremiah went forth to plant in ireland after rooting out and destruction of zedekiah the king of jerusalem in 588 bc we find in the official lineage of the royal house of britain that the house of stuart keep that in mind stuart are the descendants of teotalfi and her husband Eocade, the harriman, the horseman, okay, the harriman, all right, so isn't this amazing, you guys, this is really, this is something, this is amazing, all right, so this is what the Lord told Jeremiah, it was his ministry, poor guy, the guy over here who had no clothes on, right, I'm like, oh, poor Jeremiah, look at what his job is, the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord, I'm going to try to make this bigger, sorry this is so big little okay Here, that's a little bit bigger huh uh, the lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and the lord said to me behold i have put my words in your mouth i put my words in your mouth and he was faithful he spoke this word even though people didn't like it i've told y'all that so many times before he was so faithful and uh, let's just pray lord help us to be faithful to speak the word even when people don't like it i've got the same thing going on in my world right now but Oh, well, see, I have set, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to plant and to to build and to plant, okay? So what's happening is he's having to tear down this whole, uh, all this evil stuff that had been going on in Jerusalem, okay? And uh, where was it? Where was the picture? Okay, so he's tearing this down. Nebuchadnezzar is actually tearing it down but he's part of it saying this is we can't put up with this he tried so hard to get them to turn back and of course the enemy attacks those who are who are standing up for righteousness hello hello where your the word is being uh, spoken in truth he's gonna attack that's just what he does so uh, that's why the Lord says okay I'm gonna have to just tear this one down and start over okay and that's exactly what he did so he's planting tia teffi he's planting tia Teffi in uh now in the british isles with H- horseman <laughs> Harriman. okay EOK whatever his name is so that was his that was uh, uh, i'll post this uh, link in the, in the description below if you want to read this one too but this is what the lord told him he would have you know this job that he would have to do to, to plant and to build okay and but we must not forget that god promised to his servant that one of david's seed would always sit upon that throne of israel even until shiloh jesus christ comes isn't that the promise you've heard that promise before right thus we're given in the same verse of that throne being rooted out a message that it was jeremiah's duty chosen duty to build and to plant and to, to plant that throne of israel all right so here we go um So you check those things out, check out Tia Teffy. All right, so now let's go on to, you can keep that beautiful thing, picture. All right, so when they get there and they have um, passed on, oh, did I show you the, hang on, there was something I wanted to show you. Okay, so this is the coat of arms for Ireland. And so you see this harp right here. That is King David's heart. So that's where it, it, it comes from. And then you see this is the red hand, right, of um of Harriman, right? Uh, and then this red cross right here is the sign of um, um, um so these, there are four regions in Ireland. So these two were the, were the founding ones for um, the, the, uh, the settlements of the tribes of Israel, of the, of, the, of the royalty, the royal family of Israel. How cool is that? So they passed down, uh, and it says that she stood on this stone. Tia Teffy, the king's daughter, married Eucid the Harriman, the chief king of Ireland. The stone called Leophael or Stone of Destiny was kept in the capital city of Tara or Tara for some three centuries and all the kings, descendants of Urchid and Teotefi, were crowned on it. Okay, so there you go. That was what I was looking for yesterday. So uh, there's other good information here, so check this out. Then about 350 BC, it was sent to Scotland for the coronation of Fergus, King of the Scots, who was a descendant of the Milesian kings of Ireland. It remained in Scotland and all the Scottish kings were crowned on it until 1297 AD. At that time, King Edward I of England invaded Scotland and captured the stone which he took to England Whereby, where it was placed in Westminster Abbey, its home ever since that date. It was built into the coronation chair, the oldest piece of furniture in England, still serving its original purpose. All English kings have been crowned on it ever since. Its origin has been well known during the entire time it has been in the British Isles, and from practically the first, it was called Jacob's Stone. William Rislinger Uh, writing in the 13th century, records the coronation of John de Belois as king, uh, I guess that's how you say it, as king of Scotland in the year 1292 A.D. upon the stone which Jacob placed his head. Isn't that something? So now you've got kind of more of the story. Um, Let me read this one little other snippet here because it helps you to see the the connection of to David's line. The ten tribe nation of Israel had to abide many days without a king, as Yahweh prophesied in Hosea 3-4. However, there, were, there must always be a royal family of David's line on the throne over some Israelite people. Yahweh promised in Jeremiah thirty three seventeen, David shall never lack a man to sit upon the throne of the house of Israel. We know that Eochid Harriman was of the Milesian line of kings of Ireland and that the Milesians in Ireland were descendants of Zara, a son of Judah. Teotephi was a descendant of David, who was also the royal tribe of Judah through Judah's other son, Perez. So the two royal lines of Judah were united with the marriage of Eochit and Teotephi and a descendant of David was always on the throne over Israelite people as Yahweh had promised. She's basically sitting on that stone in this picture and this, so she's, that's the, that is what they would do, is they would sit on the stone, and this is the coronation stone, so this is her, uh, the olive branch of bringing peace, and, um, I'm going to also show you what this, this actually means from the Lord, and, um, all right, so she, after she became the queen, this is what it says, Tia Tepe then began instituting the Torah, or God's laws to Ireland, the Torah is perfectly fair and unbiased, uniting everyone with, no rich or poor, all under one system. Under the Torah, nobody can oppress anyone else by inflicting their own selfish opinion or laws or taxes on them. So nobody can put themselves or others all uh, over others. All men were created equal in the eyes of God. Isn't that terrific? All right, so this, is, um, this this whole section down here at the bottom has a section on Tia Tefi you might want to read this this section here. All right, so now, so now they have the, she you know she has the rod, she has the stone, um and they passed that down. Um, and uh, it was saying that the, when when she was crowned that the, the, the stone said her name. I mean, this is exactly what we've seen we saw happen throughout the Bible, so we shouldn't be shocked with something like that. Happened, all right so then king john got the the you always see them with a scepter with this thing and a lot of times it's a picture of one that's really really long scepter like you would think of sorry a long scepter like you would think of as a um as a like a shepherd's staff like you would think of like moses carried and it passed down in the ark of the covenant aaron's rod that budded okay so then um i wanted you to see The Aleph and the Ta. Okay, I'm going to read this to you. These two letters, Aleph and Ta, are, and in the original Hebrew alphabet, they appear as a diagonal X and Ta as an upright cross. Okay, a cross and an X. Okay, Aleph is basically like in the alphabet, the letter A, their letter A. So that appears as an X. And Ta as a cross okay thus when combined as a symbol to express the idea of the eternal god they would appear like the protective mark referred to above so i'll show you this that's the british flag does that mean i agree with what britain's doing no <laughs> but i will say that that they have the original symbols you see what these symbols are coming from and this is the same symbol that moses used after that battle where he was sitting on that stone with the Amalekites, this is the same kind of symbol that he used. Okay, this is the aleph and the tav. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Um, all right, so that's that's the uh, the the aleph is the X and the tav is the T. Is this cross right here in the middle? Isn't that cool? All right, so now so now we have, to have these. You know, we're passing it down from generation to generation we come along and you know the story of william wallace Uh, mel gibson acted the part of william wallace in the movie braveheart remember that and uh, talking about just you've got to see that that's where they're he's trying to stop with what king edward is doing that's where we are king edward was stealing this stone he was taking the stone and saying you know we're going to have the monarchy in in Britain because we don't have to follow the rules of God's word we can take advantage of the people we can steal from them we can tax them and we can be unfair we don't have to follow God's rules at all so this is ever and he's got the he's got a picture of horse with the with the scepter um with the rod but um, he's not he's not uh obviously following God's rules and and wanting to do it God's way and he had told them he was going to make sure that they had a a, a king because they had, um, had kind of hit a bump in the road where they didn't have a uh, the, next, the next person in line. And he completely just basically overtook them. And that's what William Wallace was doing, was trying to make sure that they had their own sovereignty in Scotland and they could have their own king. And yeah, that's... It was, you know how badly it turned out for William Wallace. Terrible, terrible, terrible. If you haven't seen that movie, definitely watch it, especially in the light of everything that we're learning. Um, So they fought valiantly and they lost. And so then this story is the one I just watched the other day um, on Netflix. And it's called The the, uh, Outlaw King. Outlaw King, and I highly recommend it too because this is where it picked up after William Wallace lost. And, uh, and King Edward, here's King Edward, and he's getting some people who will say, Oh, will we be too, uh, somehow or another, he pays them off or something, and he gets them to uh, cause um, the other uh, Robert de Bruce to uh, to surrender and he causes them to surrender, and, and they're, like, but they're like, we can't surrender. Even though this guy said he wanted to surrender, the other guy did. Robert Bruce De Bruce did not want to surrender, and these people are like, we can't put up with tyranny. Same reason our forefathers came to America was because we want to follow the Lord, we wanna do his work, we wanna treat everybody fair, and they just wanted to be tyrants. And it was, you know, they, they he agreed with his buddy supposedly in the battle to go ahead and surrender, but not two weeks later he's like, I can't, we can't. And then, you know, William Wallace was was mercilessly killed, and they they don't keep their their promises at all. So this was King Edward, and this is when he's going to battle against Robert de Bruce. So definitely check it out, the outlaw king. I really am glad that I got to see that and. Um, I think it was done pretty well. But all these monarchs in Britain would have all the symbols, but not the reality, okay? They would have the rod. They would have the stone. They stole the stone, okay? King George, this is the same, this is the guy we fought. This is the guy we fought in the uh, in the Revolutionary War. We are like, we're leaving, we're going to America. And so he's still trying to boss us around over here. I mean, these people don't stop, just like the ones that we're fighting today. It's the same thing. These are the part of the New World Order cabal beast, right? Uh, as I showed you on the flag the other day. And this is their um, uh, the chair. The coronation chair and that they have a stone. Well, that tells you right there who puts a stone under their chair. You know, that's just really not your typical thing that you would do, right? So this is what happened in 1950. On this day in 1950, the celebrated Scottish stone of Scotland. Okay, so let me have where did get it get into Scotland? I didn't tell you that part. So so basically everything it started in Ireland and it just transferred and there's a verse that talks about turn and overturned and overturned find that for you real quick all right i found it here it is in uh, mtrial.org um this is from the book of ezekiel about the true stone of destiny look at verse uh, 20 27 i will overturn one overturn two overturn three it and it shall be no more overturned until he come whose right it is and i will give it to him don't you find it strange that in the in the daniel's vision of the statue nebuchadnezzar statue being destroyed it's with a stone right and that stone is christ so isn't I'm telling you, this is so exciting. All right, so here's Ezekiel. Here it is in Ezekiel in in the BibleGateway.com that says, the Lord remove the diadem, take off the crown. This shall not be the same. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is high. So he's saying the kingdoms are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They keep being overtaken by bad guys. Okay, he knew that. He knew that was going to be the case because you can't, it's hard to keep things running down the right track. Bad people with wrong motives always seem like they want to come in and and, and do the wrong thing. Um, so he's saying, with the, "Okay, you'll have to take off the crown if you're not doing a good job. I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more until he who he come whose right it is, and I will give it to him. How cool is that? Okay, so stay tuned. I want you to hear what what." Uh, I'm going to tell you who I think that is, all right, which you probably already know. Um, so the first overturn of the, stone, of the stone was from Jerusalem to Ireland, which we've already talked about. And then the second overturn was from Ireland to Scotland. And the third overturn was from Scotland to England. And the fourth overturn is now, which I'm going to tell you about. Well, I'll just read this one. There's uh, I've got several, and I'll put all these ones in the link below if you want to read more about what actually happened. So in 19... 19- 1850 on Christmas morning, a group of four student-aged Scottish nationals removed the real Stone of Destiny, Lea Fail, from Westminster Abbey and hurried it off to Scotland. The leader of the group, Ian Hamilton, states in his book *The Taking of the Stone of Destiny* that King George VI had a fear that the loss portended the end of his dynasty. Which of course it did. This removal of the authentic Stone of Destiny just caused a big stir in England, and the authorities immediately began searching for it. In preparation for the stone's removal from London, the group of Scots practiced using the fake stone, sandstone replica made by stonemason sculptor Bertie Gray. Then, after successfully removing the real Stone of Destiny from the Westminster Abbey, Bertie Gray helped Ian Hamilton and another friend of theirs to place the fake stone sandstone duplicate wrapped in a Scottish flag on the high altar of Arbroath Abbey on the 11th of April 1951 then they notified the authorities that it could be found there which they did the following day the fake sandstone replica was then sent back to London and Elizabeth II was later crowned upon it Since Elizabeth II has never been crowned upon the real stone of destiny, coronation stone, she's never been and is not officially the queen of Britain or Israel in the eyes of God. I know this is a lot, I'm telling you guys, but this is amazing. This is amazing. I'm going to show you the real and fake, okay? Here we go. Here Here is the real stone. It's 458 pounds. This thing's a monster. And you can see how it's got that divot in it, right? And it's got the, the, you know, the rings. This one has rings, but you can tell, this is not the same stone, it's 336 pounds. It's sandstone, and which is, you know, more crumbly. And uh, they've taken, they have had samples of this one that they've tested, and they're like, yes, this is it. So, uh, this is the real one. So now, they actually, this is the stone that was under the queen when she was, that's that chair, right? I was just showing you wherever it was <laughs> that I was showing you before. This is the, the chair that the coronation chair. It has the stone, but she looked at it and she could tell that was not it. And the king could tell that was not it. Okay. He, they stole it. Edward stole it all those years ago. And they were like, we don't have to send back the, the real stone. We'll send them back some fake stuff. Right? So the fake one was under her. So she has not been, you know, crowned in the eyes of the Lord, okay, if what I'm telling you is true, and I've I've researched it, I believe this is true, that this is the throne of Judah, this is the continuation of the throne of David, King David, Um, she's not been crowned on that. Okay, and so her this, this is finally falling, and just as it was said before, yes, Zedekiah was too, and it was ripped from him. It was taken from him because he was not doing the job that the Lord had, had given him to do. He would, he would not obey the Lord. All right, so yeah, and she knew, and so that's why she has it totally covered up, and they talked about how uh, they she didn't want anyone to see the stone, so she had it completely covered up the whole time and she was like don't get don't zero don't zoom in or any of that because she knew it was not true so elizabeth ii has not this is a great video too you might want to check this out um elizabeth ii has not kept her oath to keep and do only god's law and she has defiantly multiplied her personal wealth to the extent that she is now the richest woman on the planet and owns one-sixth of the wealth of this planet okay of of the earth so the lord says in his word let me see if i can get here it says, as far as the true leaders, the true monarchs, the true ones who are supposed to rule in, as as his ambassador, as his king on this earth, just as from the beginning, from Saul, he says, and it shall be that when he sitteth on the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book of. Of that which is before the priests and the Levites, of I went mean, back up to 17. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. No, and that's exactly what she has done. They, have, they don't want to follow the rules. That's why they stole the thing in the first place. So they would be fake monarchs. All right, so now I'm going to go into who has. Remember I was telling you the Stuart, Don't forget about the name John Stewart. Our president is from both lines, this John Stewart line, as well as King Christian of Denmark, Norway, and Sweden, um, through which you see King James of Scotland, King James Fourth of Scotland. So this is what the Lord had promised to us, that we would have someone who was it truly, uh, it would be overturned to someone who was truly on deserving of this title um and you're like well why do we really care this is bigger than the british monarchy okay i think all of us are pretty much over her prancing around with the fancy uh, outfits and the and the and the and the, the horse drawn carriages and all that remember how when our president went over to england and he just showed her the littlest of nothing uh, attention you know and she everyone was how could you dare treat the queen such a way and even still you know all of our presidents have, have curtsied to this queen it's just like are you kidding me and he did not he did not play that little game because he knows that he is the rightful heir to the throne that's the truth that is the truth and it's not just of scotland you guys this is the as i've said before he is the lord's anointed he is he has chosen to to do this, um, really to set Scotland free, to set people of England free, to set us free, and all of it. it it's, this is an amazing day. This truly is an amazing day. I'll show you the, the other parts of it so you can see his line. Okay, so when Elizabeth and John had Elizabeth Gordon, and, uh, and then, she, then she had Alexander Gordon, and then if you see from this line, you see the Jean Gordon, uh, and Alexander got married, and then they had J- Jane Gordon. So you keep going down, and look at this. He's got McKays in his family. And I have a feeling that might be part of why Q says, you know, they don't say his name. Because he basically has has ripped off this royal name. He has, that he has no title to, he has, that McCain had no right to. And uh, so the president's like, we're not even gonna say his name because he does not deserve that name. I don't want him, I don't want to speak his name because it sullies his, President Trump's family name. Okay, and then it passed down to McLeod and then his mother, Mary Ann Trump, you know, obviously married uh, uh, Fred Trump and then is our wonderful president. I really do believe you guys. He is the one who has the rightful, is the rightful heir to this throne. Who would have known? Who would have known, right? That uh, that he had the right for this. And uh, from, from the Lord, from the Lord. This is from way back all the way, all the way to King David. Isn't this something? All the way back, you know, to Jacob and to Abraham. I mean, this is huge. This is huge that um, that we would have as our president this wonderful blessing this wonderful blessing and uh, why am I going into this because this is gonna happen you guys we're going to be set free this is the Lord's doing this is what the Lord is doing in our day and uh, don't worry about, it helps you not to worry about anything that happens yes we still fight we're supposed to fight in the battle just like the amalekites with with moses holding up the rod and sitting on the stone you know but when we know this is this is the promise that the lord had given to us there's nothing that's going to stop it i'm going to show you one last thing this verse came to my mind from Psalm 118, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I heard someone else saying that they had intended to use this on in the temple. But they looked at the stone and they said no this stone is really not in that good a shape we just think we need to reject it it's just not going to work for the temple it just won't look good it won't be supportive whatever reason they said no we reject the stone and so that fulfills this prophecy about the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone this stone is the one that has has uh that the lord has used to bless us people throughout the whole world for ever since jacob found it so this is really uh beautiful and then actually peter mentioned it in acts chapter 4 when he was talking to the people about that they had rejected christ he had come he had he had performed all these miracles proving who he was and then they had killed him and so he said let me clearly state to you verse 10 To all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed, by this man, because Peter healed this man, okay? But he says, I didn't heal him. This man was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone to the building of this huge house of the Lord, this huge house. Where each one of us is a stone, as it talks about, thinking First Corinthians, that we are each a, a stone fitted into this house. Anyway, so I've even talked about that about the pyramid, that the cornerstone is actually one; it's actually the first one that's placed in the very, very middle, and that we all surround that. So you might check out my video on the pyramids and the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. No one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. This gives all new meaning to so much of the word. I want you to read, them, read the word in the light of this knowledge. Um, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And to him shall the gathering of the people be. And now that we know that the he, he transplanted into the British Isles, I think that some of us very likely are part of the Lost Tribe of Israel, one of the part of the ten lost tribes of Israel. It would be very interesting to be able to find that out. Either way, whether we are or not, we are whether we're adopted into the family or whether we're, you know, blood family, either way, we're one big family. That's the ultimate reality. But this opens up so much scripture so we see. This is the, was the Lord's plan to remove it from um, where it had been mis- abused. And then it was, every time he's having to remove it, if it's being re- abused, and now it's being abused, obviously, in England, and he is, it appears, transplanting it to this, um, this new day where we're going to have true freedom and true justice where his word is going to fill the earth as i've told you so many times that the earth will be filled with the knowledge knowledge of the lord as the waters cover the sea and i sure hope that i'm one of the tribes of Dan. either way i'm just glad to be in the family um but i think that is a very amazing study i'm going to put several links below in case you want to research more of this and uh, and just see how you know the lord had this great plan even though we uh whoever is part of the tribes of israel we might have forgotten our heritage that he has written his laws on our hearts so that we have been drawn back to him whatever our whatever our lineage because the flesh profits nothing as the bible says it's all a matter of is is his word written on your heart um I just wanted to share this with you guys, and um, there'll be more as I learn more, but I wanted you to see this uh, this great truth. Let's pray. Thank you so much, Lord, that you are revealing all these truths to us in this day, and what we had forgotten, what, what, what had been hidden from us, what, um, through a, a variety of reasons you maybe intended for us to, to not know, that we would. Those of us who are part of the Lost Tribes, whoever it is, that, that they wouldn't know. Maybe, that was maybe to keep us out of danger. It's all up to you, Lord, how your reasoning, uh, because everything you do is perfect. We praise you, Lord, because everything you do is perfect. And you keep all of your promises. You've certainly done everything as exactly as you had promised to do and, and you will do. Uh, we thank you that we're living in this day when these, these things are being revealed. No doubt this is the day of the great revelation. We praise you, Lord, that um, we are going to see the fulfillment of all these promises. And uh, we're just so ready for you, uh, Lord Jesus, to reveal yourself, for us to see you uh, with our own eyes and for you to 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 rule this world and righteousness and for there to be peace that takes over this world Um, we just ask that you would until we see that all come to fulfillment we ask you to help us to be faithful just as you are in in fulfilling the roles that you have given for each one of us to play and uh, i pray you just give us that courage and lord i thank you for this truth that you reveal because this really helps us to um be encouraged and know that this is Uh, no doubt going to happen that uh, you know the end from the beginning and that you are the Alpha and the Omega. You complete your faith with the complete everything in your word. We we trust you. We believe you. Um, We just ask for the strength and ask for the strength for all those who are fighting good fight, uh, that we would have the courage to, to know where to fight in the battle and what to say, what to do. We pray that others will wake up. Oh Lord, we pray right now that you will uh, silence those lying lips. That, that uh, people will come out of the stupor and they'll realize that this is your great day, and that uh, that, that they're lying against our president, and uh, that, that this is the day when when those who've been truly doing evil and have been in lockstep together that they are their whole kingdom is being crushed by this stone. We thank you, Lord, that um, all this evil was going to be washed away. That As you say in your word, we'll look for them. We won't be able to find them. We thank you, Lord. We're going to live in peace and prosperity and health. Uh, just We just thank you so much for um, what you're teaching us. Continue to teach us, Lord. Help us to walk in your ways uh, because we desperately need your, your presence. We need you to go before us. And uh, we trust that you will. And we pray all these things in your great name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys. I love you guys. Hope you had fun. And I will talk to you later.